The Productive Woman, Episode 212. And welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan, and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back if you are returning, and welcome if this is your first episode. I'm so glad you're here. This week, we're going to be following up on last week's episode and talking about making time to read and why we should. You'll find more information and links to various resources I recommend in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 212. This episode is brought to you by Bombas, the maker of very comfortable socks, and FreshBooks, the online accounting software for entrepreneurs, freelancers, and small business owners. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your business paperwork, visit freshbooks.com slash TPW and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. And I'll talk a little more about them later on in the episode. But right now I want to say... Thanks to Bombas for making the most comfortable socks that I've ever worn. Bombas has totally re-engineered socks with comfort innovations that add up to one way more comfortable pair of socks. They've spent two years researching and developing new tools and techniques that led to multiple improvements of the sock design, performance, and comfort in these socks that are made of a super soft cotton you just will never want to take off. They are so comfortable. And what I love about Bombas, aside from the fact that I love their socks, is that they are a socially responsible company. You may not know that socks are the number one most requested item in homeless shelters, but of course you can't donate used socks. Homeless shelters often get lots of donations, but used socks are not something they can accept. And because of that, Bombas donates one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell. And to date, they've sold and donated over 9 million pairs of socks. So I think that's pretty great. Whatever you love to do, there's a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life as you do it. They were created for runners, for power walkers, for power loungers, for low-key fashionistas, for snowboarders, for business sharks, for people who prefer the outdoors and those who like to lounge on the couch and watch a good movie, and just overall lovers of everyday comfort. You're who these socks were made for. They're comfortable. They're cozy. I love wearing them, uh, especially as the weather starts to get cooler. I I like wearing them around the house just to keep my feet warm. Uh, And what's great is Bombas is offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off their first order. If you visit bombas.com slash TPW, and Bombas is spelled B O M. B-A-S. So bombas.com slash TPW, you'll get 20% off your first order. So again, bombas.com slash TPW and the the code there is TPW for the productive woman. So now let's get into our topic. 
Author George R.R. Martin is quoted as saying, a reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. And of course, that applies to women as well. That is a quote I ran across late last year, actually, and wrote it in my bullet journal on my page for kind of keeping track of books I want to read. Uh, That's one of the great things about reading is it gives you this exposure to other worlds that you may never visit in person. Well, last week, I shared my thoughts from Jeff Sanders' new book, The Free Time Formula, as part of our recurring productive reading series. And that got me thinking about this quote and about how important reading is for lots of reasons and how easily it gets crowded out by other things. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about reading, why it matters for us as productive women and men, and how we can maybe squeeze more time into our lives for reading. So why it's important? Well, you know, there are countless benefits to reading that have been documented by research across the spectrum. Among them are uh, one of the things that I guess I would refer back to Mr. Martin's quote, and that's an improved understanding of and openness to other points of view. Another person, Mallory Blackman, has said, reading is an exercise in empathy, an exercise in walking in someone else's shoes for a while. And that's one of the great things about reading, especially if you read broadly and you read things from uh, different perspectives and different worldviews than your own. It gives you the opportunity to sort of step into somebody else's life for a while. And this is true whether we're talking about nonfiction or fiction. That's one of the good things about reading is you are getting someone else's thoughts, someone else's perspective into your own mind and hopefully into your heart a little bit to to look at things a little bit different way. And I think that's such a, a valuable thing, especially in this day and age. Another benefit of reading is just the mental stimulation. Joseph Addison has said, reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. And that's a great quote, but it's very much backed up by research that's been done for, you know, decades. Uh, One article I read that uh, talking about the 10 benefits of reading and why you should read every day says that mental stimulation is probably one of the key benefits of reading. And that article says that studies have shown that staying mentally stimulated can slow the progress of, or possibly even prevent uh, Alzheimer's and dementia since keeping your brain active and engaged prevents it from losing power. And I'll have a a link to that article in the show notes because there are a lot of really good things in there. But just the exercise of reading is stimulation for your brain in a way that watching TV or YouTube videos, both of which I like, but they, they don't do the same thing for our brains. They activate different parts of our brain and do different things with it. And reading is such a valuable exercise, especially for those of us as we're getting older to keep our brains active and engaged to keep them strong. And as as this article said, there are studies that have shown doing that can help stave off things like Alzheimer's. So something valuable to consider. That same article that I mentioned, uh, and several studies, other studies that I read about point out that reading can help do things like reduce stress, 
can obviously can expand our knowledge of any number of topics. Reading will improve our vocabulary and can improve our writing skills. As we absorb good writing, we can become better writers as we get familiar with the rhythms and the word usage of really good writers. That's good for those of us, you know, like me who want to write. Uh, and very importantly, these studies have shown that reading can improve our memory, our analytical thinking skills, and our focus and our concentration. And we've talked lots of times in the past about how important all of those things are to productivity in the sense of getting things done and in the sense of making a life that matters. One article that I read called What Does Reading Do to Your Brain says that uh, according to ongoing research at a place called Haskins Laboratories for the Science of the Spoken and Written Word, uh, according to that research, reading, unlike watching or listening to media, gives the brain more time to stop, think, process, and imagine the narrative in front of us. This increased mental activity, the article says, helps keep your memory sharp, much in the way lifting weights keeps your muscles toned. Uh, so, you know, going back to that uh, Addison quote that reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body, it activates our brain in a way that other media just don't. Uh, another article said that uh, according to a study by Emory University, reading not only heightens the connectivity in the temporal cortex, but it also increases activity in the central solstice, I think, sol solstice of the brain, or the region responsible for primary sensory motor activity. And what this article says, what this study found is that when we read, neurons in that particular area of the brain activate to create a sensation of not just reading about the action of the book, but experiencing the sensations it, the book is describing. I thought that's fascinating. So when we read, and this is different from, from watching TV or watching a movie or something, it activates an area of our brain that basically has us uh, experiencing wh what's being described and what we're reading. And I think that's, uh, it's very good for us. And it's, I certainly have experienced that. And if you read a lot, you probably have as well, where you, you feel like you're there in the moment if you're reading a really good book. So uh, those things are all good for our brain. They improve our memory. They improve our thinking skills, our ability to focus and concentrate. All those things are improved by reading. And finally, of course, well, I, I say finally, last thing on my list, there are lots of other benefits, but books are just great portable entertainment. They're handy to have around. Author Stephen King has said, and I wholeheartedly agree with him, that books are the perfect entertainment. No commercials, no batteries, hours of enjoyment for each dollar spent. And, and King goes on to say, what I wonder is why everybody doesn't carry a book around for those inevitable dead spots in life. And you know that I, I agree so much. So reading is good for us in a whole lot of ways. It has a lot of benefits. Uh, obviously, I think about it. I think it's important. That's why we have this recurring productive reading series and why we have the Productive Woman Book Club, where we periodically throughout the year choose a book together, read it, 
and discuss it and then meet, uh, you know, we discuss it in the Facebook group, but then we meet by video conferencing to discuss it in person. There's just so much value there in, in that the act of reading. And then of course, in the, the act of discussing what we're learning with other people. So if, if we think reading is important, what should we be reading? Well, I think we should read all kinds of things. Now, I have to confess, if you haven't figured this out already, that I am a bookworm. I have been a bookworm since I was a kid. My mother says that I came back from the first day of kindergarten disgusted because I went there to learn to read and they just wanted to teach me my colors and I already knew those. And she said I wasn't going to, I told her I wasn't going to go back if they weren't going to teach me to read. So I have loved books from from when I was very, very young and I, I will read almost anything. Uh, but what kinds of things should we be reading? Again, I think we should read lots of things, magazine articles, blog posts, the news. Uh, sometimes reading is better than watching it on TV. Uh, as a side note, I would encourage us all when we read the news or watch the news for that matter, to make a point of reading from sources all across the spectrum. Um, there's lots of conversations going on these days about bias in the news on one side or the other. And I think often the truth is somewhere in the middle. And the one of the best things we can do is to to get our information from lots of different sources so we can decide for ourselves where the truth is. But anyway, obviously, of course, books we should read. Um, I'll read a cereal box if that's all that's handy. I love to read. Uh, but I encourage you to look for lots of different sources of information and entertainment in the written word. How should we read? I think, as I've been saying, and you can probably figure out, we should read widely. Uh, lots of different kinds of of materials, lots of different topics, lots of different sources. I think we should read critically, not just take in what's there, but think about it, apply our brain to it. Especially we should read critically uh, materials written by people we agree with, because we have what all of us have, what what uh, I think it's psychologists refer to as confirmation bias. We tend to look for uh, things that will confirm what we already believe. And I think there's so much value uh, to, to in questioning what we believe, whether it's um, about something in the news or just anything in general. I think it's important for us to read critically and to engage our brains as we read. We should also read with an open mind. And I think here we should especially read with an open mind uh, things written by people we disagree with. I think it's important that we, when we pick up something written by someone whose opinion or perspective or approach we don't agree with, we read to understand, not to refute. It's, uh, we need to keep our mind open looking for what's the truth here, where is this off base? And don't be quick to dismiss things that we disagree with any more than we are quick to, you know, absorb things that we 
agree with. It's so important to read both critically, but with an open mind. So in other words, we should read thoughtfully, we should think about what we're reading, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, there's value in being thoughtful about what we're reading, regardless of what type of material we're talking about. And to that end, I I try to, and I encourage you to consider reading with a notebook near at hand, uh, either to capture information you want to remember or quotes you want to keep or questions you want to think about or maybe research further. Even with fiction, uh, and especially if you're a writer, but there's um, something kind of fun about maybe copying passages that you find especially moving or elegant or well-written or, or memorable in some way, but copying those down somewhere where you can think about them, go back and look at them again. And if you're a writer, certainly kind of analyze why, why did that move you so much? Why, why do you consider that well-written? How did the author evoke the the emotion that you wanted? Or how did they provoke the thinking that they did? How did they do it? What words did they choose? All those things are important ways of engaging our brain and learning from what we read, whether what we're reading is fiction or nonfiction. And if if you don't read with a notebook to take notes, at least consider having a pen or a pencil or a highlighter handy to mark passages that you like or maybe want to remember. I'm kind of nerdy about books and I don't uh, I don't like marking them up like with highlighters. And I, I, I broke down and did it when I was in law school because I just the, in order to study that I had to. But Nowadays, when I read uh, a hardcover book or a, or a paperback book, you know, a paper book as opposed to an ebook, I always keep a pencil handy and I will underline or put a star next to or maybe write little notes in the margin in pencil because I know I can always go back and erase them if I want to. So I haven't, you know, damaged the book, but it makes it easier for me to to go back and find those passages that I found thought provoking or, or moving or well-written or what, for whatever reason they caught my attention. And so that's something that I do a lot. For me, sometimes it's because I'm reading something in preparation for an episode of the podcast and I want to be able to go back and find uh, facts or quotes or information that I want to think about, or perhaps a quote in the, in the episode. But even in fiction, sometimes if I just read something that I think, oh, that is just so well said, or uh, it really moved me or made me think, I'll, you know, put a little note in the margin or maybe underline the language in pencil so that I can come back and find it later and think about it. So I encourage you to do that in your reading. Um, obviously, I encourage you to consider reading more if you don't read much now, because of all the the benefits we've talked about. But um, but do so widely. Don't keep your focus so narrow on only one genre or only one topic. Read widely. Read lots of uh, materials of different kinds by writers across the spectrum. Read critically. Read with an open mind. 
to, to learn, to try to understand, not necessarily agree, but understand rather than just trying to find holes in the argument, reading to refute, read thoughtfully and, um, be real aware and conscious of the, uh, the value of what you're reading. What types of things should we read? If we want to get the benefits that we talked about earlier of, um, improved understanding of and openness to other points of view and the mental stimulation and all of that. What kinds of things might we want to read? Um, I think, again, we're talking about books and articles, blogs, whatever materials you're kind of going to want to read. If you're reading widely, there's lots of categories of reading that we can do that can help us in our journey to be more productive, more effective, and and you know, identify and pursue our goals and, and our priorities and all those things that help us in making a life that matters. And so one category of reading that I think is so valuable is, would be professional development. And that may be the profession or the job that you're in now, or the one you would like to get into. And so I have a huge collection of books uh, that reflect the various stages of my life. For a number of years, uh, I was home with my kids full time and I was, you know, having babies and raising babies and homeschooling my kids and teaching childbirth classes. And so my library reflects that stage of my life where the profession I had was as a mom, as a, a maker of a home, as a childbirth instructor. And I have books that I found to help me get better at the various elements of that profession or those, you know, those interest that I had. As a lawyer, there are lots of things I need to read. I read materials about podcasting and about speaking and about writing because those are all part of my, what I consider my professional development. And if you, um, you know, whatever your profession now is, whatever your job now is, you can read to get better at it. Uh, some, whatever elements of it you want to improve in, there are materials articles, books, blogs, that sort of thing available to you to help you improve and get better at what you're doing. If you want to change jobs or professions, same thing, you can start that process by learning about that job or profession that you want to get into and, and improving yourself in that area, developing the professional skills to, to move into the area you want to go into. Uh, similarly, we, we can read for personal growth. And I think here's where maybe the, um, productivity kinds of books will come in or just the character development sorts of books. I uh, read a really good book, uh, years ago by a man named Stephen Carter called about integrity that was very inspiring to me, very thought provoking and something that, I have gone back to more than once and looked at as a character quality that I wanted to strengthen in myself. Uh, I think in the personal growth area, maybe these are the books related to your faith. You know, we read books there. I have kind of a habit of reading uh, something I would call maybe a personal growth type book as part of my uh, morning routine when I get up and I do my meditation and I'll read 
a chapter or so from a, a book that kind of fits into this personal growth uh, area. And a lot of those I've shared with you on past episodes, but anything that helps you um, grow or develop as a human being, as a person, I think falls into this personal growth category. And then there are books and articles and things that help you learn new skills, literally anything you want to learn how to do. There are books and articles and blogs and things, magazines about it. Uh, The written word is a great resource to go to when you want to learn a new skill. I mean, YouTube videos are great for certain kinds of things, but learning skills from a, a written word can be very valuable, especially if you're the kind of person who is kind of geared that way to learn from reading. Of course, there are topical kinds of materials that we can read to expand our knowledge and our perspective about everything from social issues to, to, I mean, literally any topic you want to know about, there are materials written about it. So we can read those to, to get that benefit of expanding our knowledge, learning more, um, intellectually and mentally and getting a a broader perspective on the issues of the day or whatever topics we want to read about. And then of course, reading books just for entertainment and relaxation. And that can be any number of things. You know, for a lot of people, that's going to be fiction. If you like to read novels and there's a broad spectrum of genres of fiction. So you can find pretty much anything that's going to appeal to you and try different things. Um, I, it's funny, my husband has always been a very active kind of guy, always doing things, uh, and not much of one to sit and whether to watch TV or anything else. He's just not one to sit around. And he, he used to tease me early in our marriage about how much I read because I just always had one or more books going and, you know, often would be found sitting somewhere reading something. But in recent years, he's actually picked up reading. He started uh, a habit of when he flies somewhere for business or, or for fun, he'll pop into the uh, bookstore at the airport and pick up a novel. And he likes certain kinds of novels and he'll, he'll pick one of those up. And I just get the biggest kick out of watching my kind of go, go, go husband uh, sitting on a couch somewhere or on the plane or sometimes lying in bed and, and reading a novel. Because he, years past, he thought novels are a waste of time. They're not true. <laughs> and so I always thought that was funny. But, you know, there's something very relaxing and entertaining about, you know, curling up with a good book. And so find those books that um, appeal to you. Try different things. Ask friends uh, what they like for to get recommendations. And find uh, the, that can add a lot of pleasure to your life and add a lot of uh, a nice, mm, what do you want to say, a a nice element to that making a life that matters. And of course, we can consume books in any number of ways. You know, there are hardback, paperback, uh, Kindle and other ebooks. And there are even audiobooks, like Audible, the company that Amazon owns, where you can get just about any book um, in a recorded form so you can listen to it. And you can get books from all kinds of sources. I have to put a plug in for the library. A lot of us, 
maybe don't think about the library as often anymore. I, I remember when I was younger spending hours um, just go, I'd, I'd love to go to the library and wander the stacks and just pull books off the shelf in different sections and, and get a big stack of them and go sit somewhere and dig through them and just kind of flip through and see which ones I wanted to check out and take home with me. Uh, your local public library would be delighted to have you come in and check out their resources and find books there, which of course, you know, that those are free. Uh, we can get books from our local bookstore, which gives you that same fun uh, that I was just talking about of kind of wandering the stacks and pulling things off that look interesting and checking them out and seeing which ones you want to take home with you. Uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of us, it's, it's so much easier these days to order books online than it is to get in the car and go to a bookstore, but it's a different experience altogether. That being said, of course, I love ordering things online. I've been an Amazon Prime member for years. I've mentioned that in the past. And uh, for at least for those of us in the United States, and I mentioned this, I think on a recent one of the episodes of some of my favorite things, if you are an Amazon Prime member, you can get a, a lot of ebooks for free. They have their Kindle Unlimited program. They have their first reads program where each the beginning of each month, I get an email from them that highlights, oh, four or five different books that are coming out soon. And as a Kindle or as an Amazon Prime member, I can choose one of those books to download for free before it's even really been released. And so that's a way to get exposed to new kinds of books, new writers, new genres, uh, without having to invest money. And I found some really good books and really good writers that way. So um, Amazon is a great resource, uh, either for paper books or for uh, uh, eBooks that you can uh, download onto your your Kindle or your Kindle app instantly. Another great place to get books or materials to read is from your friends. I think I mentioned earlier that I think you can get. Um, recommendations. If you're looking for something good to read, ask your friends who are kind of like-minded what they're reading, or ask your friends who who you maybe differ with what they're reading and ask them for some recommendations that would help you maybe understand them a little better. But in addition to recommendations, you can also perhaps trade books that you like or find meaningful with your friends. Uh, that You can kind of set up a trading sort of deal, which saves you both money but it also gives you something in common to discuss the ideas or the books themselves. I think that could be a lot of fun if you had a circle of friends who enjoy reading, maybe to trade books and, and, and share those ideas and those experiences with each other. Okay, so we've talked about a little bit about why reading is so important, the benefits that we get from reading. We've talked about how we should read to get the most benefit from it, uh, the kinds of things, the categories of things that um, maybe are worth reading, uh, and uh, maybe some ways, uh, sources of getting materials to read. And of course, I've mostly been talking about books here, but I, I'm a big fan of articles and blogs and those sorts of things as well for uh, information and entertainment. So if we've decided that reading is important, how do we make time for it? Because we're, we've all got 
most of us have a lot of things going on in our life. How do we make time for reading with all this other stuff going on? Well, all the things we ever talk about on this show about managing our time and our energy and our, our attention and doing what's most important to us and being efficient in the things that need to get done to allow time for the things we want to do, all those things apply. But on a real practical level, uh, I, I, I tried to think of where are some ways that we can fit more time in for reading. Uh, and here are some suggestions I came up with. I would love to hear your ideas on this, how you fit reading into your life. And so the first idea that I had would be to skip one TV show a night. If you typically watch a couple of shows a night or something like that, uh, skip one of them. Maybe just record it. You can watch it later and go sit and read instead. Or maybe you institute in your household one night a week where there's no TV and we're all going to read instead. And maybe you read together. Years and years ago, when our oldest kids were very young, we would read to them every night. And we didn't read just short kid things. We read uh, a chapter or two each night. We read through the whole Chronicles of Narnia series by C.S. Lewis when our kids were um, preschoolers. They were like four and five years old. And we read through that whole series of books, just one one or two chapters a night. And they were just riveted by these books that had been written quite some long time ago. And they're not, you know, they're pretty, they're, I love the books, but I, I really loved how the kids enjoyed these stories as well. So maybe one thing you want to do in your household is have this one night a week where we don't have the TV on and we either everybody reads whatever they want to read, or maybe for part of that time, you read something together. And, and depending on the ages you have in your household, uh, folks, uh, you know, have people take turns reading a chapter each week or each night or however you want to do it. It's a great way to share uh, the love of reading with your the people in your household. So that's one one idea, skipping one TV show a night or just having a no TV night once a week and reading instead. Uh, I, I encourage you, as, as Stephen King mentioned earlier, to keep a book with you all the time. I tend to read fiction in the Kindle app on my iPad mini. Uh, my iPad mini fits very easily into my purse, so I always have it with me. And because I have the Kindle app there, I always have something to read with me. And so if I'm sitting somewhere waiting or, you know, sitting in the car while I'm waiting for somebody to come out or sitting at the doctor's office or something like that, I can read a few pages from a novel or maybe skim the news stories in the Apple News app or something like that. Uh, because that Apple News app has a broad variety of sources of news. And so I can get lots of different perspectives on the news stories of the day, just from that app, but always having something with you to read so that when you have a few minutes of downtime, you have the you can take advantage of it by reading something. Uh, consider maybe going to bed half an hour early and reading a book. And in that case, this is a challenge for me because a lot of the fiction that I get now, as I said, is in the Kindle app on my uh, iPad, but there are real benefits that we've talked about before to turning off all screens, even your iPad, in the half hour or hour before you go to sleep. And so maybe consider 
going to bed half an hour early and reading a real book, a paper book, uh, and uh, getting the benefits of that. One article that I, that I think I mentioned earlier uh, on the 10 benefits of reading books says, sometimes it's hard to fall asleep when your mind is racing and busy worrying about a variety of things. Reading, even if just for 10 minutes, can help you push whatever was keeping you awake out of your mind. Bright lights from electronic devices can signal your brain that it's time to wake up. Reading under a dim light can be much more beneficial when trying to get some sleep. And they say, we recommend making sure the book isn't a page turner first. And I, you know, like many of you probably can relate, I have more than once ended up staying up way, way too late because I started reading a book uh, that was so good I couldn't put it down. Um, so there are real benefits to taking that last half hour or so, or even just 15, 20 minutes before you fall asleep to read an actual book. There was, a uh, one article I read, uh, in a British publication says, uh, and I'm quoting here, a study highlighted in the telegraph by the University of Sussex raised a number of participants' stress levels and then attempted to reduce them. Uh, cognitive neuropsychologist Dr. David Lewis found that reading worked best, reducing stress levels by 68%. Remember we talked earlier that one of the benefits of reading is the reduction of stress. Here's a study that was done in the UK that showed of all the different ways that got people stressed out and then tried different ways to reduce their stress and reading was far and away the best. It reduced stress levels by 68%. That was better than listening to music, which only reduced it by 61%, uh, better than drinking tea or coffee, which was only a 54% reduction, better than taking a walk, which only reduced stress by 42%. The, the article says that this study showed it took only six minutes of reading for participants' stress levels to be reduced. This, the article goes on to say, is because when reading a good book, your mind is distracted from daily stresses and worries that cause tension. Stories give your mind the option to be somewhere else for a little while. I love that. Stories give your mind the option to be somewhere else for a little while. This means you can leave your own troubles behind, Reading also allows your muscles to relax and slows down your breathing, leaving you feeling calmer. This is from an article called What Does Reading Before Bed Do to an Adult's Brain? So find that time. Go to bed half an hour earlier, you know, and, and read a book. Another way to make time for more reading Maybe cut down on some social media time and read instead. You know, surveys show that we all, and I'm, you know, counting myself among this, we spend a lot of time on social media. And if we cut a little bit of that out and read instead, I think uh, we'd get a lot of benefits from that. Another way to make time for more reading, and I'm using air quotes around reading now uh, because it's not quite the same experience, but still, there's you get all the knowledge benefits and all of that, is listening to audiobooks when you commute or when you're on a long car trip. I used to have to commute an hour or more each way into my office every day. 
And I would listen often to podcasts, but uh, I would go long stretches where I would listen to audiobooks as I drove. And I would alternate between fiction and nonfiction. So I'd listen to a novel that was interesting. Uh, and then after that, I'd re- listen to uh, a nonfiction book. And I loved doing that. Got exposed to a lot of really good ideas, made the time pass. It was a great way to read uh, and enjoy other people's writing. Personally, my reading preferences are pretty much across the spectrum. I love fiction. I love nonfiction. I uh, try to read works written by people I disagree with so that I can understand where they're coming from. Uh, personally, for, for fiction, there, there's so, so many different things that I enjoy. I like young adult dystopian so that would be kind of like the Hunger Games type genre, those sorts of books. I like well-written inspirational fiction. I like um, historical because I love experiencing a different time. Um, pretty much anything. I'll try any kind of fiction uh, just just to see if I'll, uh, if I like it. And if it's well-written, I'll probably enjoy it. In nonfiction, again, I read the gamut of books. I read lots of productivity-related books, of course, but I also enjoy history, biographies, um, books on writing craft, all kinds of different sort of self-help and personal development kinds of books. I love humor when I can find well-written humor. So Dave Barry, if you've heard of him, I think his books are hysterical. I have uh, enjoyed reading those. I own several of them because I just think they're so funny. I, I can remember times when I'd be cracking up over something that he said, trying to read it to my husband because I thought it was so funny, but I was laughing so hard I couldn't get the words out. So I love books like that, books that really, um, that are well-written that way. I could, I thought about recommending some books, but oh my goodness, you know, what, how do you um, narrow down what to recommend uh, when I don't, you know, I don't know what you're interested in. I've mentioned many of the books that I enjoy in the past. We've read some of them together in the Productive Woman uh, Community Book Club. And I've talked about some of the, you know, productivity related ones in our productive reading series that we we go to from time to time. Uh, I think what I'll do rather than trying to recommend some here is I will um, put a list together of some books, both fiction and nonfiction that I have particularly enjoyed. And I'll put a link in the show notes and make that available to you as a as a PDF download. Or send me an email at feedback at the productive woman and tell me what you like, uh, what kinds of things you think you like to read, and maybe I can recommend something. But I would also like to hear your recommendations. I mean, I'd like to know what you think about this. Are you a reader? What benefits do you see from it? And what is your favorite format? Do you prefer paper, ebooks, audiobooks? And what's the best thing you've read in the past few months? I would love to hear your recommendations. You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 212. Or uh, if you're in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, you know, share, put a post in there sharing what your favorite books are that you've read in the last, you know, six months or year um, so that we can all uh, compare notes and maybe find new things to read. 
If you want to share your thoughts about this or anything else with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I'd love to hear from you. want to say a quick shout out to our sponsor FreshBooks. They have done some great things to help those of us who are entrepreneurs or freelancers dealing with the worst part of what we do, which is the paperwork. Whether it's tracking our hours spent on a project for a client or formatting an estimate, submitting a proposal, working out the taxes, capturing our expenses, chasing late payments, all those things are the parts of running a business that almost nobody likes. But as I said, the good news is that our friends at FreshBooks have created ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers and entrepreneurs that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. They are helping countless entrepreneurs and freelancers, like me, manage their business finances efficiently and pain-free. They let you Uh, Set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks. They let you manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone while you're on the go and generating reports that tell you exactly where your finances are and and have everything together that you need uh, come tax time. They let you create and send an invoice that's customized with your colors and your logo in seconds. And they let you see at a glance when your clients have seen and when they've paid those invoices you've sent. There's so many great ways that uh, FreshBooks helps us manage our business finances. And to find out those ways that maybe they can help you, go to freshbooks.com TPW and be sure to enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. That's freshbooks.com TPW. And uh, while we're at it, don't forget that the Productive Woman listeners get 20% off their first order of Bombas socks. Visit bombas.com slash TPW. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash TPW to get 20% off your first order of the most comfortable socks. Seriously, y'all, that I have ever worn. Um, and use the offer code TPW. Thanks so much to FreshBooks and to Bombas for supporting The Productive Woman. Well, that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something worthwhile and and maybe thought-provoking, gave you some ideas for some things to do with your time. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.